This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Samovar Tea. Find out more at samovarlife.com. And by listeners like you. To find out more and make a donation, please visit insideactingpodcasts.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 50 of Inside Acting. I am AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Elgott. And on this podcast, we do 50 episodes worth, (laughs) and we're done, of interviews with uh, actors, directors, casting directors, producers, self-producers, writers, and the like. Anybody from the entertainment industry. And we package it up into this uh, podcast that we've been doing for... 50 ep- I wonder how many times I can say it in one episode. 50 episodes, and we bring it to you, to an uh, iTunes store near you. That's uh-huh. right. <laughs> and we are just two dudes with uh, 50 episodes worth of a podcast. <laughs> so so we, we try- We're not proud of that at all. <laughs> no, no. No, we're not proud of 50 episodes. But, uh, we, you know, we, we don't pretend to know everything. And so if you guys hear something that uh, maybe rubs you the wrong way or that you don't agree with or you want to chime in on, um, we love that kind of thing because we don't pretend to have all the answers. And we want to uh, hear from people to kind of get the best information out there. So uh, you can call us. You can email us. You can comment on our website. There's a million ways to get in touch with us. And you can start by going to InsideActingPodcast.com. And we've got lots of voices on our podcast today. We've got a couple of emails we're going to respond to. And a voicemail. Got to do some catch up because we've been a little bit behind. Um, but uh, but this may be the episode to do that. In addition to our second, the second part of our interview um, with the uh, the guys from the, the the new British school. I think <laughs> I think if I have to study a British accent, I'm gonna go back and listen to episode 49 and 50 of Inside Acting. Just yeah. listen to those guys just crank. Um, a lot of great stuff to say, and we're really excited because we didn't we wanted to kind of save our our sort of recap of the interview until after part two, so we'll we'll uh, we'll be talking about that afterwards. So stay tuned. Okay, so before we get started today, we have uh, a, a couple of people that we'd like to give a quick shout out to for their support of the podcast, um, mostly in a, the financial sense, but um, <laughs> definitely in the uh, in the encouragement sense and occasionally uh, in the review on iTunes and Actorated sense as well. <laughs> <laughs> so like um, we, we have a little list here we'd just like to give some shout outs to. First and foremost, uh, longtime listener Daniel Pierce. He's been great about calling in, um, participating, um, you know, sending kind words our way and definitely sending some money her way so thank you daniel for helping uh, keep us going yeah episode 50 this one's for you guys <laughs> next up we have uh steve fajardo who i think we gave a shout out to uh in a previous episode but um got another uh, donation from him so thank you very much steve for uh for listening and, and um supporting the podcast we have uh, a donation from rebecca berkman rivera who is uh we now know an alum of carnegie mellon um a school that I've been to, not not as a student, but I've been there for mm. actually American College Theater Festival uh, a couple of times. Um, and um, she wrote us a nice little email and sent us a, a great donation. So thank you very much, Rebecca. And uh, last but certainly not least for this episode, we have a, a shout out to um, a not only a longtime listener, but a prior 
donator? Is that a proper term? <laughs> sure. Doni? Doni. Donationer. <laughs> uh, named uh, Will Blogrove, who, uh, as I said, has donated the podcast before and has been listening for a long time. So thank you, all of you, for keeping us going. Um, I guess, in a way, since we're doing the shout-outs, this, this episode, episode 50 is kind of dedicated to our... Uh, our listeners and Absolutely. The people, the people keep you know who have kept us going this whole time. Yeah, we we would not be going still if, if it weren't for people uh, just communicating with us first off. <laughs> yes, and uh, and then also um, sending in support because literally we, we had to replace a lot of equipment we wouldn't have been able to do out of pocket. So thank you guys for uh, making this happen. In that spirit. Um, for episode 50, we have a couple uh, announcements we'd like to make. We're pretty excited about these. Yes, we have been oh, chomping in the bit, as it were. We are so excited about these two announcements, and we've sort of kept them under wraps for a while so that we um, could not only ha- be able to officially announce them, but also... Um, be able to do it uh, as part of episode 50. AJ, myself, and our producer Nelson are officially a production company. Yes. Um, we uh, call ourselves Ligature Media Incorporated. We are technically incorporated with the state of California, mm-hmm. um, recognized as a, uh, as a business by the government uh, <laughs> and a tax entity. And uh, we have now incorporated, uh, I'm sorry, we have now um, taken on... Uh, what did you say? Like a thirteen hundred dollar yearly bill for all the business fees and stuff like that. I like so. how you, I like how you go right from the fun stuff <laughs> right to the stuff that's like you know I know well, the not fun it, stuff. It, it kind of it's I mean it's like it, it, I only say that because now it's like shit's real, man. Like <laughs> this shit is real. <laughs> Like you're well, not, you, we can't, we can't like be like, let's make a production company. Now it's real, and we have to like figure out a business plan. So this is one of those like kids don't try this at home kind of things. Cause, cause no, or kids do try this at try home, at but, home just, but, but just know know that there are some uh, some some consequences, and I don't mean they're necessarily bad consequences. They're just some you know some responsibilities. Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly, exactly. Have a business plan uh, in place, and it, it's probably would behoove people to have a. Someone who can interpret legalese, because we got a lot of documents from the state of California that are just like, that was my favorite (laughs) moment. (laughs) Nelson opened up this package that we got in the mail, and he was looking at it, and he was, I was like, what does it say? He's like, I don't know. It's from the state of California. I was like, what is it? What do they want us to do? He's like, I think they want us to sign it and send it back. Well, what does it say? And he said, I don't know, man. It says wah 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 wah, like the parents on peanuts. Oh god, I got to like the second sentence. It was like. Pursuant to Article C of Section 120, and just, <laughs> the next three paragraphs, I was like, "You're gone." So, gone. yeah. Um, moral so, of the story is: have someone who can interpret that for you, and and have a have or at least be thinking about a way to kind of uh, start making money with your company, so you can pay these annual uh, bills or fees or or whatever they are. Between the three of us, the reason that we started it is because, you know, Trevor has all these awesome ideas. He's been writing a lot lately. He's got ideas for, you know, short films and web series. And uh, I have um, uh, some some interesting interesting ideas for, like, video blogs and um, doc- some short documentary films. And then Nelson has some ideas for video blogs and podcasts. And, you know, we have inside acting. And so... We just wanted to create a place where all this um, content could live or, or, or grow out of. I have an uh, umbrella, really, to put yeah. everything kind of under. Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to, like, because we could have very well incorporatized or, or turned uh, Inside Acting into an LLC or something like that. But then we kind of limit ourselves. Then we can only grow vertically as opposed to growing horizontally 
and vertically with uh, with the company. So that's why we decided to do a production company. Now, <clears throat> the $1,300 uh, bill that Trevor's referring to... It's like 800 is, for the state and yeah, 500 it's, it's, for something else. Yeah, it's twofold. So, there's, yeah. so the state of California requires that you pay this $800 fee to just exist as a business. Uh, not a sole proprietor business, but a business with a partnership and yeah. if, you're, if you're incorporatized. So 800 bucks, state of California, every year just to exist, just to be. And then the other 500-ish dollars, although it you know, varies depending on where you go, is to have uh, your taxes filed, to have somebody file your, your, your corporate taxes, which is a whole other ballgame compared to your individual taxes oh, and is really dangerous to not, <clears throat> even more so than your personal taxes, it's really dangerous to not have someone prepare your your corporate taxes because m- the government will come after you. Not you might get audited; they will come after you if they're yeah. not filed and filed properly. Yeah. So that's our uh, that's our new bill, everyone. <laughs> and don't worry, we're not going to be asking for donations <laughs> to pay our taxes. Um, yeah, that's every, not, we should definitely make a distinction there that every dollar that comes into Inside Acting goes back into Inside Acting. Yes, that's actually a really good conversation yeah. we, to have with we our We would never take listeners. your money and, and do something with it behind our backs. Or no, the backs money or. that goes towards ligature is going to come from um, other sources, um, uh, mostly, hopefully, um, money that we make off of uh, the uh, distribution of our content, whether that comes from advertisers or actually selling a film or something like that. So yeah. um, be be rest assured that uh, what Trevor just said is, is, is absolutely true. Uh, and I think it's going to be cool, too, as, as uh, the, the weeks and months kind of go on here. Um, I'd love to have like a continuing kind of chronicling of how this unfolds for us because we still have a lot to do. We now have our paperwork, so we're official, but we've got to set up our, our business account, our checking account at yeah. like a bank. We've got to... <laughs> Um, get in touch with um, people who really know more, a little bit more about this and can actually interpret they, interpret that legalese. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be neat to kind of see how this uh, progresses because my first gut reaction when we got all that paperwork was like, this is for adults. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what is this, man? I have no idea what I'm looking at. And I was a little scared. So, so that's our first announcement. And our second announcement is also really exciting. Yes, I'm really, really, really excited about this one because we finally are taking... Um, our sponsorship uh, opportunities on the podcast and putting it into a concrete form. So th- this is another way that you can actually support the podcast financially. Um, if you don't want to just you know send us a donation and use it as a write-off, you can actually purchase something and have something to show for your listenership as well as your support of the podcast. And that is, um, as you all know, our, our, our first and, and thus far only podcast uh, 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 sponsor of the podcast is Samovar Tea Lounge, um, which is a tea lounge up in San Francisco, and we've talked about them multiple times on the podcast before. And their website is uh, samovarlife.com, as we say at the top of every episode. That's S-A-M-O-V-A-R life.com. And you can find uh, a link now, or you will be able to find a link now, on our website because we now have an Inside Acting exclusive discount code for their website. And that's that's a certain percent off everything. Yes, yeah? so it's fifteen percent off of everything on their site, whether that's tea, tea equipment, um, and whatever else they sell on samofourlife.com. And the discount code is acting one hundred and one. So acting one zero one will get you fifteen percent 
off of everything, <clears throat> excuse me, off of everything at samofourlife.com. And if you do that, it will show um, with our first sponsor here that having a sponsorship relationship with Inside Acting is potentially successful or financially viable or however you want to call it. It's really going to help us in terms of numbers, sheer numbers, kind of show to future um, sponsors sponsors and advertisers that this can be a successful partnership. And I I want to quickly mention, because this is huge for me when I listen to a podcast (laughs) or or see a TV show, it's very important to me that the advertisers and the sponsors and stuff that are kind of quote unquote being pushed on me are things that I could use or things that I believe in. So I want everybody to know who listens to this podcast that we will never ever have a sponsor advertiser or guest on this podcast that we don't have some sort of personal experience with and that we don't completely trust and recommend. Yeah. Like like, that integrity is so important to me and I do not want to sell out ever. We're never going to sell out. That you have our word on that. <laughs> so, like, if we're all of a sudden pushing Audible.com next week or something like that, it's because we use Audible and Audible's awesome, you yeah. know? Or whatever, it, you know, it turns out to be. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, this is a weird thing to say, but if you ever have a concern about the integrity of the podcast, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us. Um, I would hate for somebody out there to stop listening because they thought we had, as Trevor said, sold out. Um, without first at least saying like, hey, what's up with, you know, product X or what's going on with, you know, this particular situation. Yeah. You guys are just as much a part, if not more, a part of this podcast than we are. You're the ones keeping it going. You're the ones listening to it every week. You're the ones sort of going out and using its content. So, you know, we want to make sure that the uh, the integrity of the podcast stays intact. Now we've got uh, the rest of the episode to get to. <laughs> so we've got uh, a couple voicemail. Well, we've got one voicemail and a couple emails we wanted to respond to before our interview. And our first voicemail comes from longtime listener Denise Fleener. I think I talked to you guys a while back about my daughter moving to L.A. from New York. She's a working actor in New York, starting out working actor in New York. She does not have representation yet, and she's not, she doesn't have a union card yet, but she's close. My question is, because she has decided to stay in New York for a while, my question is, what's your advice on um, actors moving to L.A. to get into um, film and television work? Is it better to wait until you have representation or some solid project, definite purpose in going? Um, Because that's kind of the feedback I'm getting. But I know she's real antsy to move to L.A. It's just, you know, it's a big move. And so we kind of want to make sure she's doing it at the right time hmm. and isn't walking into a quagmire of, of overwhelm. 
This is a great question and one that we've been getting uh, a lot lately, actually. We've gotten two or three or more people actually writing in in the past week or two with yeah, the same, same exact question. Like, I'm moving to Los Angeles or yeah. you know, someone I know is moving to Los Angeles. We, we want to respond, but I think what we're going to do is actually read this email that we got from a listener named Jared and kind of tie the two responses together because the questions, um, <clears throat> although different, have a similar theme. Do you have this email? I do. Hold up. Yeah. Okay, why don't you kind of explain sort of why these questions are related. So Jared, Jared writes in and he says that he's been in L.A. for about six months and he has a question about representation. Um, he says he doesn't want to be one of those naive people that expects to get an agent right away. However, having one is so valuable for a career that he, he wants to get our opinion on it. So he says he's done about 15 to 20 shorts, student films, web series, features, etc. in his home market, which uh, I don't think he mentions here. Uh, he doesn't say where he's from. But um, he says he has a good demo reel, but doesn't have it all put together yet. Um, he's getting Taft Hartlead via the new media loophole on a project that's wrapping this month. So he's he basically he's, the, the, the crux of his question is, should he wait to submit to agencies until he has his reel put together and his resume kind of all set up and, and ready to go? Or should he just kind of pull the trigger down and stop waiting and just, just jump on it and, uh, and kind of let the chips fall where they may um, with his kind of current materials and the way they are? Um, which kind of you know ties into Denise's question because her question was, you know, what 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 do you do when you first get to L.A. You know, like what what where do you go? Like, yeah, it is it is. Or should you come without representation? Or yeah. you know, um, what you know, what is what are the the main things that you need to do once you get here? Or should you have stuff taken care of before you get here? Yeah, <clears throat> and I think this is a really good question. I I actually responded to Jared and uh, I wanted to read what I wrote back to him. So I wrote, uh, I wrote, Jared, this is a great question. Um, I don't think it will hurt you to wait until your quote-unquote product is really ready to go. A few agencies out here are willing to take risks on developmental talent, but by far and large, what they want to see when you walk in the door is an opportunity to make money. The more you can bring to the table in that first meeting and to make that irrevocable first impression, the better, um, in my humble opinion. I've met more than a handful of actors at casting director workshops without representation of any kind who still book work based solely on their relationship with the casting director and the work they do in the room. So when your reel is as tight as can be, your resume is formatted properly and has some credits and you've got all your goals with a list of target shows and the people who cast them and whether or not you've met with them, and you can walk into that meeting and blow them away, do that, as you have a much higher chance of them choosing to work with you on the spot then rather than waiting to see what happens with you in a few months. Essentially, don't give them an excuse to say no. Um, I know that a lot of people don't like waiting. Um, and I do think that a lot of people are going to have a lot of different opinions on this kind of thing. So I, I did ask Jared, and I try to ask everybody to really ask around, see what other people have to say, and then after you've gotten five, ten responses to the question, go with your gut. But that's my thoughts on that, is that, um, you know, you're running the business, so make sure your business is ready to go before you, you, start, you start pursuing representation. And don't think that having an agent is like the end all be all ultimate goal of getting started in your career. You can do a lot without an agent. And as I mentioned, I've met a lot of people who have done a lot without an agent. Yeah. And that's, that's where I'd like to sort of jump on with this response to both the questions, both uh, Denise's question and Jared's question. <clears throat> I was telling Trevor before we started recording that I had some interesting conversations with Micah Scott after we stopped recording. Um, we talked for another like thirty to forty minutes. The tax, uh, the tax episode from a few. Yeah, the episode forty-eight. Ago. Yeah, and you know, uh, it was interesting because we we did talk about. I asked him about the uh, tax stuff for ligature, 
um, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't want to talk about on air because we hadn't announced it yet. And then we rolled into a conversation about uh, just the business in general. And one of the things that I loved about what he said, because I, I totally agree with it and think that it's interesting coming from someone who has been around longer than we have. <clears throat> and Micah even said that, he even said, you know, as an aging actor, he said, I can sort of see the writing on the wall. And what he was referring to was that was this sort of formula that was created years ago, um, probably in the 70s, I'm, I'm imagining, that actors still to this day, m- m- many of them adhere to. And this formula is thus. <clears throat> when you get to Los Angeles, you have to get a headshot, resume, reel. You have to get an agent and you have to get into the unions. And if you listen to a lot of the questions that we get to the podcast and you listen to actors just having conversations, it's still very true. Almost everyone who's an actor in town believes that this formula is how you become a successful working actor in Los Angeles. Let me let me interrupt you for a second. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's a lot to that formula. I do think those are things that you need in your career to ultimately get to you know a consistent level of success. But I, I think that the, the, the holdup comes when people think that they have to do all that before doing anything else. Yeah, yeah. You know, or, before, or I get, before I can start working, I've got to have all these things lined up. You know, it's like, it's a process. You know, it's a journey. Some people are going to get them done at the beginning. Some it's going to take five, ten years to get. I mean, you, you kind of work your way into it rather than lining up and knocking over the pins. I do think that has to happen, but not not while you stall with everything else. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel... I'm still only a member of Actors' Equity. I'm not a member of SAG. I'm not a member of AFTRA. I mean, not that that's going to matter much uh, when they merge soon. I'm not... I'm not uh, I'm not an, uh, a union member. I do have representation. I do have a sh- headshot and resume. I don't really have a decent reel. I wouldn't consider that I wouldn't consider that uh, a failure or that I'm not adhering to this quote unquote formula that he was that he was you know talking about. There, mm-hmm. as you said, there's so much other stuff that can be done. So I guess. I wonder what the upshot is. Like, I wonder if what we're saying to Denise and or, or, or her daughter is like, uh, you know, it depends on what your goals are, maybe like what you want to do once you get here. Um, yeah. You know, because it'd be difficult. I mean, I guess you could go after a bi-coastal agent while you're still in New York and try to get them to represent you before moving out to Los Angeles. Um, I don't know if the, the, the people in those offices are going to be as interested because they probably represent New York actors, even though they have a bi-coastal mm-hmm. agency. Um, you know, there are some steps that you can take, but I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not necessary to, to have representation and to be in the union, you know, when you get out here. Yeah. To Los Angeles. Yeah, I. You know, one thing that, or kinda, before you get out here. Yeah, Denise said in her her voicemail that um, she said, "Is it a good?" She said something like, "Is it the right time for my daughter to come out?" I think she said something along those yeah. lines, and that yeah. that made me think about you know the state of the industry. You know, with with I think there was something in the news a week or two ago about a lot of these movie studios setting up this like direct this like video on demand service. So you can actually get a movie directly on your tv 30 days after it comes out in the theaters or something and all the theaters are pissed off about this and they, wow. they've decided like not to run trailers from those studios now there's like a there's some there's a lot of things happening and you know now more than ever as everybody knows who listens to this podcast aj and i are huge fans of self-producing i think the best thing that denise's daughter could do is really just work on 
beefing up her resume and her reel with some some projects you know really mm-hmm. flex that that production muscle because i really believe that's where the industry is going a and b list mm-hmm. actors who you who you know by name like the people that are like household names represent like one tenth of one percent of the working actors which represent like five percent of the union members which represent like you know who know like half yeah. of the actors in los angeles like that that's such a small 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 group of people comparatively or relatively to 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 the rest of the the pool as yeah. it were and they they all approach their they're all working actors you know they they took the approach of i'm a working actor and this is the the path they took and they just happened to kind of get famous along the way they kind of won the lottery with that but it doesn't mean that they shot for it you know i mean I don't think they all and any of them view themselves as mega celebrities before right. they were. They probably all just were like, "It's about the work here," you know. Right, right. So, or take that or, or we hope, <laughs> yeah, take that one approach. Hope. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of responses, a lot of emails, a lot of voicemails. People, are, I think, people are going to have a lot to say about this. So, you know, you know where to find us. Um, send in some thoughts on this, and and we'd love to hear from from the rest of our listeners. Yeah, and it's kind of an offshoot to this. Um, we have one more email from a listener named David Brandon, and we only mentioned his last name here because he uh his question was about the spelling of his last name do you want to kind of tackle this one aj yeah so uh david has been using his first and middle name actually as his professional name and then he took a break from from acting when he for about three months when he came back to it and he wanted to kind of hit it hard he was thinking about his sort of uh, branding uh his personal branding his online branding and he already knew this, but he sort of was getting fed up with the fact that he couldn't find David Brandon anything, like Twitter.com slash David Brandon, Facebook.com. They were all taken. Right, DavidBrandon.com. They were all taken, and so he was getting a little bit frustrated. And so his question was about changing just one letter in his last name uh, from Brandon, B-R-A-D-O-N, to B-R-A-N-D-Y-N. Um, and, you know, he's he, it's interesting because in his last paragraph, he says, I don't want to look like I'm quote-unquote trying to be different and i responded to this and what i said was you know i I think that it's really interesting that as actors we have this sort of um feeling of self-consciousness that comes from selling oneself Hmm. you know like like we're like oh i I don't i'm not i don't want to i'm not trying to i don't want people to think that i'm trying to get attention well you're an actor like you're Part of your job is to get people's attention, to be yourself, to be unique, to bring your brand of acting to the table. Like that's that's sort of you know a lot of people say that's ninety five percent of acting, and the other five percent is you know your talent or showing up on time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so uh, you know, I think because he he loves it, he he loves the name change, he loves the, uh, the little change from the O to the Y. He 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 really digs that. So. If the only reason that he was sort of hesitating um, was because he felt like, you know, he didn't want people to think that he was trying to be different, uh, um, I think that's more of a, uh, a mental blockage than a, or sort of self-conscious blockage than, than something that's actually going to affect his business mm-hmm. as an actor, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of what your response to this was, right? You were saying, like, it reminded you of the the actors who who sit there and worry about what what font to that yeah. goes on their headshot there's a there's a there's a great quote um that i read somewhere and i think i've mentioned this in the podcast before but it's called the 20 40 60 rule and the the idea is that when you're 20 you're really worried about what everybody's thinking about you when you're 40 you don't give a shit what anybody thinks about you 
And when you're 60, you realize that no one's been thinking about you at all. And I, that when I read that, it really, oh. it really stuck with me because I realized that people don't think about you. They think about themselves. And so when you spend a lot of time and energy, and I think like David's got a legitimate reason for thinking about this. You know, he wants to make sure he's, he's not making a mistake and marketing himself and that it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. So I, I understand like where he's coming from, but as you live life, you, you, you develop a sense for what's important and what's not. And, and things like this, I think are, are, you know, you said it in the email, you responded to him. You said, it's about the work really, you know? Yeah. And it's such a subtle thing that, um, I think it's great. You know, there are tons of actors with crazy spellings in their names, you know, it ha- it's everywhere you look. So mm-hmm. something like this is great. And it's like, cool. If it's available, I say, go for it and then move on and really focus on the high leverage activities, the stuff that's going to make you money, move your career forward. Right. Um, and get you, I like that high leverage ADD. activities. That's yeah. cool. That's well, I told him, you know, speaking from experience, I did, you know, sort of change my name uh, or at least I'm just using my my initials now and you know it was tough that that first, that initial leap was tough because i was like oh it's my name mm-hmm. like I, I, if you go back and listen to those episodes i was feeling yeah you, you probably felt a little like Ooh, am i am i how are people gonna who know me feel about this yeah you know? exactly or, exactly and that's the thing is like the people who know me yeah they give me like a couple of my friends gave me a hard time it's like oh aj now yeah. mm, and I the see. casting directors you knew it's like uh actually it's aj now thank you very much and you're like, okay so i mean it must have been weird for you so it, it was it, it was a little weird but honestly it didn't it didn't matter once it once once like i actually pulled the trigger and made it happen like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter it really doesn't really you go in the room you go in the room like you know you 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 get cast based on your audition. You get cast yeah. based on your your look. You get cast based on your acting, not on the spelling of your name. And you know what's so funny too is I think that people really look to you for a cue as to how to react. So if it's like if people start teasing you about that kind of thing, like oh, I'll just say this directly to David. If your friends go like, "Oh, David Brandi," and you know they start <laughs> they start making fun of you, it's like if you're just like, "Yeah, so," mm-hmm. and you just kind of like don't make a big deal out of it, you just kind of go on. They're so quickly. They're going to be like, "Oh, oh." I mean, uh, I mean, that's cool, man. You know, like <laughs> I dig it. It's it's actually a good idea. You know, like they yeah. take their cue for how to respond based on how you feel about yeah. it. And my my response, that, that powerful kind of stance of like, yeah, that's <clears throat> that's the way it is. My response, my stock response now is, yeah, it's my professional name. Just very like plain, flat, mm-hmm. like no no emotion involved. They're like, oh, AJ. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm using it as my professional name, and they just go. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. It's, you just leave that, that just end that sentence and just leave a vacuum of silence there. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what, what, you're not a business person. You, you don't, you don't get that. You know, what was your, sudden what was your latest like, preneur? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, David, go for it. More power to you, man. And, um, don't apologize for it. You know, just make a, make a powerful choice and, and, uh, and do the work. Thank you for writing in and thank you for, um, thank you for letting us uh, respond to that and use your name. Um, cause I know that that kind of thing can be a little uncomfortable sometimes, yeah. but, um, appreciate you kind of taking the, the risk there. So we should just, uh, roll into, uh, this interview, right? We did. We should. Yeah. Second part of our interview with the, uh, the gentleman from the, uh, new British school part two with, uh, TJ Ramini and Amel Amin. Um, and enjoy this. We'll see you guys on the other side. Again, like, you know, to tell a, you know, a, a freaking showbiz story or whatever, I went in for a part on a new TV show on Thursday, I think it was. Yeah, it was Thursday. 
And I knew I wasn't right for it. I mean, I read the character breakdown. I was like, what? I mean, it said he's uh, 20s and Latino and whatever. You know, the Latino, that's fine if anyone knows what I look like. But, you know, I'm not in my 20s. <laughs> I wish I was. Um, but, you know, I'm not. And the guy was sort of, he said he was awkward and kind of, you know, that's not where I live. That's not me. But I went in there. I was well prepared. I did it. And I kind of gave him a couple of quirks, which aren't really in my character to make him seem a bit sort of nuts, a bit manic. And that came across as awkward because I'm six foot two and 190 pounds. So I'm not a very awkward looking person. Um, And when we were talking afterwards and he said, great job, TJ. I knew he was saying to me, you know, you're not right for this, don't you? And I was saying to him, yes, I do know I'm not right, but it was really nice meeting you. And when I left and I was telling my manager this exact story, I knew he was saying to me, you're not right for this, but thanks very much. I did say to my manager, I am sure he'll call me in for something else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't realize it happened this quickly, but 15 minutes later, he called and said, I want to see him for the lead on Monday. Oh, that's great. Um, And so, again, not trying to sort of, you know, blow my own trumpet or blow sunshine up my own ass. But if you're prepared and your technique is there and your attitude is good, honestly, guys, you're, you know, you're, you're, the, the chances of you being picked just... They, they absolutely explode. You, you, you're, you're making yourself so hireable because there are a million reasons why you're not going to be hireable. They're going to say you're too tall, you're too short, you're too dark, you're too fair, you're too blonde, you're too... Whatever, your eyes are blue, they're green, they're brown, that's no good. Your teeth are too big. There's a million reasons why they're going to say no to you, but you mustn't be one of them. Mm. If I turn around and you... If I'm your manager and you go out for a, an audition and I say to you, you know what, man... They didn't go with you because you're too muscular, right? They wanted a slightly sort of more like a weaker kind of energy or whatever. You're not going to beat yourself up about that. But if I call you and go, they called and said he, he was off. He was, his attitude wasn't very good. And I gave him a note and he was almost like, you know, sort of antagonistic about it in his response. And he, he wouldn't. That's on you. And that is when you're like, fuck, man. That, that is when you should be saying to yourself, I've really fucked up. Yeah. But if I tell you, you know, you're too tall, you're too short, nothing you can do about that. But if I say, you know, they said that you didn't come you know, ready for the part or whatever and you, your attitude was bad, then you, you really need to be fucking questioning that. Because if you're the reason why they say no, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that can be eradicated. Yeah. You really can. And that can be eradicated. There's nothing you can't, you know, he can't chop you off at the knees. And this is a great segue into what, I mean, kind of more specifically what you guys do with the school, but I'm, I'm actually curious to hear what your take is on something. I had a coach a couple of years ago who said something to me. I, I, I had a big audition and I went in or I was going to go in and I was preparing with this coach and I said to him, yeah, I'm going to go in there tomorrow. I'm going to kick ass. And he said, no, you're not. You're going to go in there tomorrow and you're going to show them who you are. And that really kind of stuck with me. And I think about that now as I kind of go through my work and I'm kind of growing in myself and figuring out how to approach things and where to find the honesty and things like that. Right. What is, how would you guys respond to something like that? Um, when you just said it to me, it sounded ambiguous. Mm. So I, at first I was like, okay, I don't know. I mean, I mean, words are just words at the end of the day. Yeah. And if he meant that you're going to go in there and you're going to focus and you're going to you know, show them who you are as in how good you are and how good you can be, then great. Mm. If you meant it in a more ambiguous way, as in you're going to show them who you are, I, I don't, I don't understand. I think words can be misconstrued, and I think that has been the experience of um, with MBS. What we've tried to do is make things very clear cut, mm-hmm. make things um, take the, you know, I, I believe in the process of building characters and and you know backstories. I believe in all of that, but I don't believe in getting lost in it. Mm. You know, I think there's an, a technique to this business, and I and I think that needs to be met 
in the room because you know you could have prepared all these backstory and then go in and you don't know how to read ahead five lines so that you can look, be looking up to the camera at that particular moment to deliver that important line mm-hmm. your mum is dead you know yeah. <laughs> you know and that that's, that was a line I tell you <laughs> you know and if, if you've done all that that um, process stuff and you don't have the technical ability to just do that all that process stuff it's going to get lost it's yeah. going to get lost and I know because I've done it and I've had like I've been in this business since I was seven years old literally so I've been through the trying to find the different ways in it and I've married them both now you know mm. the process of backstories and stuff like that you know which are very appropriate and you know make such for such interesting research as an actor because that's what I love I love being an investigator as an actor but actually also having the technical ability to come forth and marry that in the right moment and that's what makes people hireable or the the great ones really special you know when you watch you know people that do biopics or whatever makes them you know raging bull you know he did a process mm. you know he did a backstory he had to find out about, about about this boxer but he was able to marry them both at the right moment mm-hmm. you know the light hits them this way and yes. you know that was one of my greatest experiences when i you know uh, i did a film called kiddo in in, in london and uh, and just come come off the back of that and going to, to the bill one of the greatest things i had to learn for me was like the technical side of hitting your mark because mm-hmm. being on a film when you're on a film they kind of cater to you a little bit more sometimes but when you're on a, on, a, on a tv show where there is like one camera you know and you've got to hit that mark but you my character was very a very high emotional character so i'd have to do this emotional stuff but it might be out of focus or i might have missed the marks so i gotta do it again yes and that's a that's that's not good that's right it's not good for you for you as an actor and your reputation to a degree, but more so, more it's so frustrating for you as an actor because you have to do, you've lost it all because you weren't able to hit your mark at that and moment deliver and yeah. deliver the performance. So yeah. you have to do it again. And it's, so I um, so to get back to the original thing, I think I think any comment is positive as long as it is not misconstrued into some kind of mythical thing. And that's what we try and do at NBS is you know say do the process but don't get lost in it. Yes, and we try and make things very clear yes that's right i think i think you know this is hard enough this business you know being being an actor um because there's no kind of rule book to it you know i mean listen there are millions of books out there about how to you know achieve success uh you know in in show business or whatever you're writing one aren't you tj uh, that's that's confidential, thank you, Matt. <laughs> but um, don't don't panic. I'm not. But um, you know, um, not one of those books. Not that I've read any of them. But I'm pretty sure. In fact, I would bet everything that I own on it that the last page in one of these books says, "And now you're going to book a job." You know, that's not the last line. And now you've read this book, that you know you're going to be out uh, be out there and be a working actor. Um, so, as far as your attitude saying, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'm I'm going to I'm going to kick ass, and then you're your coach saying to you, you know, you're going to be in there and, and show them what you are. For me, they're probably the same thing. Um, because if you have the, if you're a confident enough personality to say that you're going to go in there and you're, you're going to kick ass. Ter- terrific. I think the benefit of what your acting teacher would have said to you is probably, um, maybe to sort of quell that nervous excitement because, you know, that nervous energy, which we all have to contain. I don't care who you, who you are, how fucking cool you think you are. I'll sit in a waiting room like I'm the coolest fucker you've ever seen. I'm sitting there, you know, cool in the gang. Inside, 
my f- I'm fucking knitting carpets with my ass. You know, I'm, I'm you know, it's like, I'm, I'm all... quite a visual. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I should show you this scarf that I knitted in my last audition. <laughs> but, uh, it's um, huge. You wouldn't want to wear it, but uh, no, <laughs> um, I digress. But um, that sort of nervous energy, which all of us are going to have, I think probably that's what your acting teacher was saying to you. You know, that exuberance and that enthusiasm is is fantastic. And that's what drives us you know as actors we are we're passionate people you know i doubt you're ever sitting at a dinner table and not have an opinion on the conversation that's pinging around you know um we're we're passionate people we wear our hearts on our on our sleeves so probably what he was saying to you is um all that exuberance and positive energy and enthusiasm that's terrific but contain it and release it slowly don't let the floodgates open and you know like Mm. i remember when i was a young actor and i was sort of first starting out um, and I, I'd been a, a model like in my teens and stuff like that. And so I, that got me off the stage and in front of a camera, um, because like, you know, most British actors, we all start in the, in the theater. Um, and I was no exception to that. But then when I started to, um, cause you know, a lot of the jobs that I was getting as an actor, they were just glorified modeling jobs. But then when I actually started to go up for characters and roles and things like that, I was so excited to be realizing a childhood dream that I just go in there and you know, everything would come out at once and that's no good. So for me, that's what I would have taken from, mm. from what your coach was saying to you. Your enthusiasm and your exuberance is fantastic, but just make sure that you contain it and let it out little by little. I think, you know, that's one of the keys great. to auditioning successfully. I, I, I do believe that. Great, great. Well, this is fantastic. We're, we're kind of getting to the end here, but cool. um, I, we have two questions we'd like to ask all our guests before we wrap up. And then, of course, I want to make sure you guys can talk a little bit about the school and where people can find out more about you. So the, the first question we have is, <clears throat> is a little bit um, new agey. If you guys had to choose one, w- would you say that this career chose you or would you say that you chose this career? This isn't like a semantics thing. It's more just like a, you know, it's... Yeah, for, for, for me, it's unequivocally the, the, the former. This, this career chose me. Hmm. I, I never, like I said, it totally captivated me, enveloped me in, in every single possible way from that very, very early age. Because, like I said, I was fortunate enough when I was, you know, sort of six and seven years old, those immense films, you know, like the Back to the Futures. And, you know, I mean, God, this sounds like a, a complete ode to Steven Spielberg, but that guy shaped my childhood, you know? And then, like Amel said, just watching, uh, it's got nothing to do with acting, really, but Eddie Murphy was a massive influence on me. Like watching Delirious and Raw and such, he was just so funny and he was so magnetic and charismatic. And I just thought he was brilliant. And I thought, Christ, if I could ever be half as good as that and enjoy a tenth of the career of one of these people, then I'd be a, a very happy camper. So for me, it was, yeah, the career chose me. I would, I would say the career chose me as well, hmm. definitely. Um, I, I don't know, I, when, when I first started out, it was, it, like Macaulay Culkin was saying in the film, it looked fun. Mm-hmm. That's all it looked like, it looked like fun. And then as you get a bit older, you know, it was that, and then it was like, the movies kind of really yeah. drew me in, like seeing other worlds. I was really into Hook, and hmm. you know, uh-huh. Hook the, yeah. the film. I love that movie. A lot of people don't so, like yeah. it, but I love it. You know, just like all the, the, I was really into Hook and Back to the Future and the Goonies and those oh, adventure so movies. Goonies, you know, yeah. would that draw you into another world? You know, and, yes. and then as you get a bit older, it becomes you know when you get a bit more serious about acting, it became about 
exploring the psychology of different characters or different people and you know you know and and you get to explore a bit of yourself through acting as well because you're asked you're asked to ask uh, think in the the mindsets of many different people in the world you know Mm. uh you have to you have to be very open as an actor open to the world of the different people that exist within this entertainment industry so I find it one of the most fascinating places for all of those reasons. And that that's why I would say the, the career kind of chose me. And that's why I've kind of gone into filmmaking as well. As well, mm. I've done a couple of short films um, that we're going, I'm going home to do um, to kind of present. And I don't know what it is, but I loved, I went back and directed. I loved directing. I didn't know I would. I always thought I was an upfront camera person. And it just showed me, they gave me, it gave me a, so much an appreciation mm. for what every single other person does. It's like the class the as well. Actor, I mean, we love we mm. love being in the class, and yeah. um, again, you know, seeing people progress. Yeah, seeing people, seeing a performance. Yeah, seeing the make. Seeing you know? seeing like Amel always moments. talks about mm. gems. Like in in the class, you know, we we do a lot of um, cold reading exercises, and I think they're just a way of because um, you know the class is so new; it's only been going for five weeks or something. Um, which is extraordinary, actually, considering how far it's, it's come along, that it's such a short amount of time. But the cold reading gives us, it gives Emel and I, a clear indication of what people's default settings are. Because when mm. you're not all over the material and you haven't worked on it for a week, it really pulls you back to what's your natural, where, are your, where do you believe your strengths are? Because they will always come through in a cold read. But then what we always say to people as well is, this isn't a line learning exercise. It isn't like, I'll give you 10 minutes, let's see if you can learn three pages of text. Anyone can fucking memorize text. Anybody can. It's not about that. I want to see a performance in 10 minutes. That's the exercise. So give us a couple of gems. And honestly, sitting back as an actor, and you know, with an idea of what we wanted to, to bring and what we wanted to develop with this class and what we wanted to ignore as well with this class, is there's so much shit out there that's not necessary and it's irrelevant. And again, it's exploitative. And that really fucking winds me up because there are so many people here who are artists and who are actors. And like I said, we're passionate and we want things and we believe things because we have to believe, you know, belief and faith and, you know, believing in that. It's so fucking important. If you don't have that, you get crushed and you see it. You see it in people's faces. I see it in people's faces when they've given up and it breaks your fucking heart. It really does. And I know people who are close to me and they've given up and you can see it in their eyes. And it's, it's awful. It's a horrible thing to see. But anyway, if you can keep that belief and keep that positivity based on real stuff, though, based because you're always working on it and you're always practicing and you're always listening and watching and thinking about it, not becoming obsessive. But if you're in this game and you can just watch films and TV shows, I mean, that's a huge advantage to us. If you're an accountant, you can't just sit down and watch a film about accounting. You know what I mean? But if you're an actor, you can fucking you can watch a plethora of different things Mm. and pick up information. And so... For, for me as as an actor when i'm at the school when i'm at nbs and we're watching performances and improvisations and whatever it is when you see those moments and you, and you see it happen in an actor's face it's such a it's such a privilege to to witness that and again not wanting to sound too wanky about it but that's why that's why we do what we do you know if you want to get into this game because you want to be rich and famous you're fucking kidding yourself go to school and then just get a job and fucking get a salary and you'll be fine, man. You know? I mean, you were a banker, right? That's what you used to do. When you said, tell me, me, you were, me yeah. specifically? Yeah. No, 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 no. no. I, I was, I was saying banking. that a lot of people in LA, it seems like they, they were bankers, they lost their job. Oh, and they were I like, see. oh, I'll just be an actor now. Oh, I you see know? what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, you know, 
if you want to make money, be a banker. That's right, right, <laughs> that's right. my point. You know, but if you if you're really into, you know, <laughs> connecting with other humans and seeing seeing those raw emotions and seeing something very magical happen in front of you, if you want to be part of that, then get into this game. And listen, if you make it fucking brilliant, you'll have all the money in the world. You'll be sitting in a hot tub full of crystal and you know all that stuff. If that's what you're into, <laughs> gold toilets and stuff. But um, they get very cold in the winter. I'll just let you know. But, uh, um, get, you know the heat, get the heated one. That, that's, yeah. that's right. I've got that one. Um, but it's like, that's, that's what this is about. And, you know, honestly, if you're into that and you're into the real, to the real thing and you're not looking for your acting class to be a therapy session, if you're looking for a cuddle, you're not going to get that. I mean, of course, if you're looking for genuine critique and to learn about technique and to learn how to maximize your potential of being a working actor, that's what this class is all about. Getting you working, giving you the skills you need to book jobs. I mean, of course, you're going to have a great time because you're in a, you're in a community. And like there was a, a, a study done very recently, actually, about happiness. And so much of it is related to spending time with other human beings, like uh, members who have... Um, who go to a group every single week. And this sounds like the biggest plug for the school, but it's true. It was on NPR yesterday. Um, those who go to a group every single week, that the happiness that they glean from that group is the equivalent to making over $150,000 a year. It gives you that level of happiness and contentment. Or it's, it gives you the same amount of contentment as a successful marriage. This is true. This is just, just done yesterday. And they said the most miserable thing in life is a commute because you're on your own and you're in constant frustration and you feel like you're against your fellow man. But when you come together in a communal group once a week, it's the equivalent of your boss saying, hey, I've just raised you at $150,000 a year. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the yeah. feeling that it gives you. So honestly, guys, if, if you are actors, and again, another thing that annoys me is people say, and I said this to you when we first met, a banker would never say, oh, I'm in that whole banking thing. No, you say, I'm a banker. So if you're an actor, own it. I'm an actor. Not, I'm going to try that whole acting thing. Fucking wrong straight away. You're not going to, it's not going to happen. You know, if you're a footballer or a basketball, whatever, I'm going to give that whole basketball thing a try. It sounds like a hustle. It's bullshit. You're, you're coming from if you're an actor, then fucking hustle. own it. I'm an actor. That's what I do. But you can only say that if you're involved in it. And again, I don't judge people on how many jobs you book. It's fucking hard to book jobs. I'm not saying, oh, you have, you've never been on a show, so you're not an actor. If you're working at it and you do stuff and then, you know, show me, show me a performance. You're fucking right. You're an actor. You're brilliant. A couple of people in our class, they brought up brilliant fucking performances. I haven't seen them on a TV show. They're fucking brilliant. And I know that when they get an opportunity and go in an audition, you're damn right. They're going to be booking because mm. they're fucking brilliant. And that's what, you know, the new British school is all about. Very simple. It's very easy to follow. You'll get a workout, not a cuddle. <laughs> I love you know? that. I love that. The final question I have is um if you could take your experience and everything that you've done and with your lives and your careers and distill it down into one nugget of of wisdom to give to somebody. What would that nugget be? I, I mean, I know mine straight away. For for me, and this would be written on my gravestone, is do it, don't say it. That's it. Hmm. Do it, don't say it. I love that. No, I don't have one. <laughs> you don't have one? <laughs> Should have faxed that question. You just got a nine-piece uh, nine nugget. I don't know. I, I, would say, I would say, yeah, I think do it, don't say it is, is, is the way forward. I think that's a good one. Um, that's mine, Amel. Leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, you, you just got to turn up. You know, I, I believe it. I definitely believe in like, the possibility of 
dreaming and believing that you can do something. Mm. You know, I definitely believe in that. I can't, I'm not a good distiller of words into one thing, but I would definitely... That was a pretty think, succinct sentence, yeah, a distiller of words. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, TJ. You know I mean? England. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I, I definitely yes, it's think... It's called an education. Yes. Um, but I, I just, I definitely believe, you know, just don't have anybody ever say that you can't do it. I think that if someone was born and their name is Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt, they were born the same as me, you know? Yeah, The same you. as me. So why not me? You know, why not me? And I think if you can kind of grasp that concept and push on from from that, you can do it. I'm yeah. I'm living proof that you know you can. Dreams do come true to to extent. I just it's I just want to say as well one one more thing about NBS. I don't want people to ever think this is about being British or that British actors are better than American actors or that a British ideal is better than American ideal. It isn't that at all. It's just that. Everybody that's connected to this business in any way, shape or form can see that British actors are booking everything. It's not because they're necessarily better actors, but there is a really very large consensus in this business that, better, that British actors are better prepared, have better technique and have a better attitude. And if you have a look at our website, newbritishschool.com, um, if you have a look at the website, it's a crap website. I mean, it's not a you know, bells and whistles website. It's not about that. It's about, you know, this is where you need to come if you want to, you know, fucking get real about your acting. That's all it's, that's all it's about. But it does say uh, preparation, technique, attitude. That's all it is. And it's not about Britishness. It's about, if anything, those attitudes that we've been talking about, like making it clear, making it simple, cutting away all that bullshit, having a pragmatic idea. Those are very American ideas. You're fucking revolutionaries. You kicked us out, right? <laughs> You're fucking pioneers. You came to this country. This country was wild and fucking dangerous and, you know, an incredible struggle and you've made it happen and you're now number one in the world and have been for a fucking long time. These are very American ideals. Remember that. The whole LA celebrity-based, oh God, you're all so amazing and no, uh, that's not going to fucking help you be an actor. That's going to make you a precious little flower. And if anything, you need to be the opposite of that. We get kicked in the balls for a living. We get kicked in the balls. So... If you're going to be all like fucking precious about it and everything, and every time you know something doesn't work out for you, you're going to fucking crumble. And then you go to class, and then your your teacher says, "Oh, but you're amazing, and you're you're awesome." And uh, if everyone's fucking amazing, then no one's amazing. If everyone's a superhero, then we're all the same. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You've got to fucking look at it realistically. That's all we're about. That's that's all. Come, if anyone comes, to, you can come for nothing, right? Come to a class and check it out. And everyone's involved all the time. People say to me, you know, I go to class and I fucking sit there for two hours and I'm not doing anything. I promise you, you're not, you're not going to be doing nothing for five fucking minutes in our class. It's an open forum because I'm an actor. Amel's an actor. I don't have all the fucking keys to the kingdom or all the answers. Get feedback from an audience. See what I'm saying? Yeah. No one's even going to fucking clap for you. We don't clap in, in the class, but you'll get your accolades. It's like anyone who's ever done a job, a real job, and... When you finish and you've done, a, you've done a take and it's incredibly emotional or whatever it is and you fucking murdered it, you were absolutely all over it. No one's going to fucking clap. You know what happens? Director turns to the DP. Did we get that? Yep, check the gate. We're moving on. That's it. So as you're walking to fucking craft services to get yourself a cup of tea or whatever it is and you get a grip who comes up to you and taps you on the back and goes, that was fucking brilliant. That means something. Not because everybody has to fucking clap because you could do a shit take. And if everyone has to clap, then they have to clap. You d that doesn't mean anything to you. So in this class, because you're not allowed to clap, you get an honest critique. 
when you sit back down in your chair and one of your classmates goes, that was fucking brilliant, man. Or when you go for a cigarette, you go for a cup of coffee or whatever it is, and someone comes up and goes, your scene was fucking amazing. Really moved me. That means something. Hmm. The clap is empty. That doesn't mean shit. And people are spending all their money and... Listen, a lot of these classes are brilliant and a lot of these classes are not. They're exploitative. So if you want... Come and check out something that you think is real and could be of benefit to you. It might not be for you. You might want to cuddle, but you're not going to get it. But that's, that's my point is that it's not a British thing. It's an American thing, but you've forgotten it mm. somewhere along the line because it's, you've got lost in the LA-ness. And I'm sure that everybody listening to this, oh, that was a crap word. I obviously just made it up, but we all know what that means. Mm-hmm. That kind, I don't want to say the superficial, you know, everyone says that, but just the sort of faux of shrouding everything in mystery. So nothing actually ever means anything. And that's why you can be going to classes for fucking years. And as long as you're writing those checks every month, happy days. We want you to progress fast. Nothing would make me happy if one of my students come, turned around to me and said, I can't come anymore because I just booked this thing and I'm off to Hawaii for six months. Brilliant. I don't need your money from the class. I'm all over the telly. I'm good. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Come, come to this and fucking check it out and that's, that's it. If it's for you, it's for you. And if it's not, then piss off. I love it. I love it. That's, there's no better note to end on than that. <laughs> um, so obviously, newbritishschool.com yeah. is where people can go to find out more about the, the classes and whatnot. If they want to get in touch with you guys or find out more about you individually, where can they go? Um, well, I mean, we, we don't. I don't have photos or anything <laughs> on the. Uh, on, <laughs> I don't have photos on, on the website. I, I think that's a bit sort of cheesy, and it makes us look like um, like real estate agents. But um, I mean, if people want to know about us, I mean, you know, obviously our names are listed on there, and it's got a link to you know IMDb and what and what have you. Um, but then they can always just, uh, you know, just send us, uh, send us an email or whatever. Cool. And, um, your, your, always... your email addresses are on the website. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's just contact at newbritishschool.com. Great. Great. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, like I said, it's free. So come along and, and, um, sit in the audience. And I always say to people as well, if you're there, if you want to get involved, get involved. If you don't, mm-hmm. don't. I can't stand it when you go somewhere and go, okay, you're here. So you're going to do, no, I don't want to, if you don't want it, then don't. But if you do, do. I don't want any money from you. If you come back and you want to sign up for the class, then yeah, write me a fucking check. But if you don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, guys, for sitting right, down. Thanks, and, thanks, and thank you, man. It's brilliant. Thank you. All right, guys. Welcome back. We didn't get a chance to talk about the actual interview itself because we kind of left it um, in episode 49. We left it for this episode. So yeah. um, I, I for one, I don't know. This, this, These guys reminded me very much. They reminded me of a more animated version of like um, uh, Neil McDonough or David Lawrence in that they are just like so after it they're super confident they're really hungry they're really aggressive and it's you can you can see just by listening them talk you can understand why they are successful at what Mm -hmm. they do like they are after it they are going for it every single minute of every single day and and it's all about the work for them you know it's i don't know i was really impressed and i i was kind of bummed i wasn't able to be there for the interview but um, yeah they're they're fun guys they they both have a very kind of they both kind of (laughs) forgive me for getting new agey but they both kind of seem to vibrate at a kind of higher level than most people and they're also incredibly articulate and focused and uh it's you know acting is their vocation that's their that's their career that's their business and that's all the thought they put into it from from a kind of 
from that point of view and everything else is just forward motion. And I really like that and was inspired by that about them. Yeah. Um, what I really liked was a, a, a thing they mentioned in part one was it just, um, in how in the UK there's not really, uh, uh, they don't have these mega shows like lost and heroes and stuff. They said they just have a couple kind of smaller shows that go on for years and years and years. And, and he said, uh, I think TJ said, and like, and it'd be laughable in the UK if you were like, yeah, I was on the bill, you know? Cause everyone's just like, and the <laughs> everyone's UK, been on there's no, show. like, there's no, there's no real like mega star, like trajectory in the UK. It's like people come over to the U S and start doing American films for that kind of mega star thing. But in the UK, it's like, you're just a working actor. And I think he said, maybe he didn't, but I thought he said in Australia, it's the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's a big reason he feels why a lot of Ameri- um, I'm sorry, Australian and British actors work so much in the U.S. because they just kind of view it as, as just, it's just this kind of mindset and this kind of method of, of kind of training, but in like a, a mind way. Yeah. Well, he talked about um, like Hugh Laurie, for instance, on yeah. House. And he was just saying like, if you talk to him, he doesn't view himself as like this huge, you know, television star. He's just like, yeah, I have this job. <laughs> Yeah, you know, which is not to take anything magical away from like the process or magical away from what it is that we do as actors. But the thing is, is I guess, wow, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm having a bit of an epiphany right now. <laughs> Hang on. Let me try to put it into words. You don't book work based on magic. You book work based on work, based on hard work. Mm-hmm. So all the hard work that you do will get you the, get you to a point where like you're a working actor and that's magical. I really loved that about uh, their interviews. They really took a lot of that and just kind of brought it home uh, in this. And I, uh, I thought that was great. So you were able to actually audit their class, right? You went in yes, for one of their classes. Um, I, I so why don't you talk about that and, and tell people where you can they can find... Or they, they said it in the interview, but, but uh, we'll have the, the link to their, their school on our on our website. Yeah. Yeah. Their website is newbritishschool.com. And uh, I ordered their class. It's about four hours. They they do it once a week. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're starting up a second class now. Um, and they kind of start out with like a, an improv um, piece to their class. Um, and then they, But they also do cool stuff like training you to kind of remember people's names and walk around the room real quickly. And then they do a lot of scene work and they, they talk about it. And I mean, they talk about this a lot in the interview, but I, I thought it was fun, man. It was really cool. Um, definitely some valid stuff, a great workout for sure. So, um, if anybody's interested in learning more about that, you can email, uh, either TJ or Amel at the website, newbritishschool.com. And if you're interested in taking it, here we go. Tune in, listen up. You get a inside acting exclusive discount. Oh, what? Two discounts in one episode? Hell yeah. What? Uh, yeah. So if you go, um, and you tell them that inside acting referred you, they will, uh, give you uh, a month's worth of classes for $200 instead of, I believe, 225 Okay. So they give you a little discount there, which nice. is pretty good. And I think as far as acting classes go in LA, for that caliber of acting class, 200 bucks is a pretty pretty freaking good deal. So um, Yeah, it's 50 bucks a class. Yeah. For a four 50 hour, bucks a class for four, four hours. Hour I class, mean, that's 12, what, $12 you'd be an hour. Press to find uh, so. to find a class in LA of that caliber for that that kind of money. So um, check it out. Um, tell them Inside Acting sent you and um, hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. So we've got our picks of the week uh, to get to. Uh, I know what mine is, but why don't you go ahead and, uh, and share yours? Uh, yeah, mine's very simple. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to put it out there. Mine is uh, an app uh, for the iOS devices called TweetBot. Uh, I was telling Trevor before we started recording that I was starting to get really tired of the Twitter application because they just updated it recently, and it like really slowed down, and I didn't like the features anymore, and I didn't like it's the got interface. a few bugs, too. Every time I booted up, it 
<clears throat> it doesn't tell me that I've read all my direct messages, so I've got to go through and yeah, read them it's all just again. weird. The direct message thing, I think, might be a Twitter API that's causing that, but but yeah. the app itself, yeah, it's like, well, every time it boots up for me now, um, it, 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 it does the thing where, like, if I try to go back in my accounts, I have to hit the back button, like, 12 times before mm-hmm. it gets back to, like... All my anyway. If you are a Twitter power user like myself, <laughs> and you are in charge of multiple accounts, and you are on Twitter a lot, and you, you and you like to use it for a multitude of reasons, uh, check out Tweetbot. It is uh, one ninety nine in the App Store. And um, anyway, I, I I really like it. I, I have completely switched over to using that exclusively. So cool. a very simple pick of the week. But uh, is there a desktop uh, kind of cousin for it? Or is I it don't, just iPhone I don't right believe now? so. I think it's only an, uh, iOS, but... Do you know if it's available for Android? <clears throat> All right. I'm friggin' Googling it, Trevor. <laughs> Jiminy Christmas. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, we're such <laughs> Apple fans on this podcast, but uh, I don't want to alienate anybody else. No, I think it's only on the iOS devices. All right. So it's only uh, iPhone right now. Yeah, it looks like it. So I'm on the other side of the spectrum. Um, my pick of the week is decidedly analog, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I had a birthday dinner last night with um, the girlfriend and her family, and uh, she gave me a couple moleskin notebooks. Am I saying that right? Mole, moleskine? I think that's how you say it. I'm not really sure. But do you know what I'm talking about? The moleskin? I thought moleskin? everyone I've, heard, I've always heard calls them moleskin. Are they moleskin? I don't know. Right. I, I feel like it's an Italian or French company, so it's probably got some crazy... Oh, foreigners. I don't- <laughs> So anyway, she gave me a couple of those and uh, I was just kind of, you know, I love those notebooks so much and I've, I've only had ever had the pocket sized ones. So I got some bigger ones um, for, for my birthday and I was just kind of feeling the paper and writing in them and feeling the pen on the paper. And, and I read this interesting article uh, that Car- Caroline Sharp, a listener of the podcast, sent me a few weeks ago about um, creativity. And it's by this guy named Austin Cleon who has a book called Newspaper Blackout. He makes poems by blacking out words and leaving the words he wants to be in the poem still visible on the oh, page. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And he has a whole book of that. And he also does a lot of doodlings and stuff on his website. He's a very artistic kind of guy. And he wrote this article, I'll, we'll post it on the website, called like Nine nine Things to Stay Creative or something like that. And one, one of the first ones was Use Your Hands. And I also read another study that said when you use your hands to write something or create something, it penetrates your like subconscious much more effectively than just you know using a computer or typing it out because you are in control of making the shapes that you see, whereas if you're on a computer, you press the K button and the little K shows up and every single K looks exactly the same and you don't really there's not really much motor skill involved, or at least not as much as it would be if you were using your hands to create something. So I've been writing kind of analog style whenever I can, even though it takes longer, um, but it it's great you know especially when I write my goals every day I write them down because it it. You know, I can actually tell how I'm feeling about it from my handwriting that day. Oh, you know interesting. I mean? It's re- It's I don't know. I, I I I'm resisting digitalization a little bit on that on that front. Geezer. So anyway, <laughs> I'm so just the moleskin notebooks are. That kind of reminds me. I was going to say it kind of reminds me of how you memorize your lines too. You memorize yeah, your lines I, I read them down. A yeah. lot of times I'll type them because it's faster, but sometimes I'll write them. Um, but yeah, so moleskin notebooks, moleskine, moleskine <laughs> notebooks. Um, they're great. They're expensive, but uh, I love them. And you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who's heard of them and doesn't like treasure them and think they're the most precious thing in the world. You know, uh, moleskin.com. So I think that does it for episode. What, what episode is this, Albert? What episode I, do we have? I, I can't. I can't remember. I don't. I, I don't can't. remember. I think it's uh, what fifty. Fifty. What episode fifty? <laughs> episode five zero. <laughs> 
So, uh, God, it's only a year and a half after we started. Less than, no, about a year and a half after we started. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. October of, uh, oh. No, so like that's that's an average of, uh, of an episode every two weeks. It's not bad. And we've been good about getting them out every week yeah. uh, this past few months. So thank you, everybody who listens to this podcast, for keeping us going. We couldn't have done it without you. And if you want to further support the podcast, there's a million ways to do it. You could communicate with us by emailing us at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our website, insideactingpodcast.com. You can call our voicemail line, leave us a voicemail. We are at 213-2-ACTORS. That's 213-222-8677. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at facebook.com slash insideacting and twitter.com slash insideacting. Or at our individual accounts, I'm at twitter.com slash digitalact. And I'm twitter.com slash Trevor Algott. You can um, find us on Actorated and iTunes. Just do a search on uh, those sites, actorated.com, of course, iTunes. And last but not least, you can donate to the podcast. Yes, so here we are, episode 50. And uh, I feel like there should be some, I don't know, patriotic music playing or something like that. Like uh, episode 50, da-da-da-da-da. Because we basically could not have this is a this is a, well I don't know maybe it's patriotic or sort of communistic music <laughs> because we're li- we're, we're totally being supported by the uh, by the masses the people who yeah. are listening to us so uh, we could not have made it this far without you guys like it would literally be we would not be sitting here we would not have this equipment because you know stuff breaks or what have you and uh, you know it's expensive it's expensive to do all, uh, you know all the driving around it's expensive to put the website up and uh, f- host the the, the files uh, for the, uh, the the audio, all that stuff is not free. We wish it was, but it's not, and so we've just been doing it out of pocket since day one. And your donations help us to kind of defray the cost of the of the podcast. So if you get something out of this podcast, uh, any little anything uh, out of it, uh, we would appreciate any dollar amount donation one dollar, five dollars. One million dollars. Um, check out our website, insideactingpodcast.com. Two ways to donate. You can either do- donate um, uh, once or twice or three times in one lump sum. Or you can subscribe to the podcast, become a subscriber, and then you don't have to worry about it. And it will automatically uh, deduct from your checking account every month. Uh, $3, $5, $10, or $20. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you can write it off as either an ex- uh, education expense or as a donation. That's right. That's right. You pick. <clears throat> yeah. And... Uh, we have a we've gotten a lot of people kind of subscribing lately, and it's really great um, to kind of have that steady flow of, uh, of income. Because then we can actually now we can start to budget and plan for some of our upgrades, which are which is great. Because before it was always like a gamble. It was like, well, when mm-hmm. are we gonna have enough? Well, I don't know, man. You know, we have to do a push for donations. It's now it's starting to become a a more planned thing. So you're helping us grow. So thank you very much. Yes, and there will be some uh, some uh, major uh, improvements in the next uh, in the next coming in the coming weeks and months. And another way to financially support us, you know, we've got that new uh, uh, discount code with uh, Samovar. So please, please, please go and use it. They have amazing teas there. Um, we, as Trevor said, we are all users of their products, so we have no problem um, uh, telling our, our listeners to go check them out. So Acting 101, Acting 101, will get you 15% off of everything at samovarlife.com. Awesome. What an episode, man. Chock full. I don't care how long this one is. This one could be two hours. It's episode 50. Episode 50, y'all. <laughs> All right. So for episode, uh, what, 50, uh, <laughs> I'm Trevor Elgott. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, 
As of right now, if you were listening to this on the day of release, it is April 18th, Monday, April 18th, which means that it is Trevor Algat's birthday. <laughs> so uh, you are charged with going onto Facebook, Twitter, however you know how to get in touch with Trevor, and sending him a birthday message. See you next week. Yeah.